0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April fourteenth, two thousand sixteen. You guys are listening to episode two hundred and fifty three. Uh, I hope everybody is doing well. Hope you all had a great time in between shows. Um, you know, it's funny. I want to do these on on Wednesday nights, and it seems like lately they've been coming out. I mean, they usually come out early on Thursday, anyway. Because of the time I do them on Wednesday, but it just seems that uh, I've been having late sets and working a lot in the city on Wednesday nights, and by the time I get home, I do not want to give you guys the, uh, you know, the half-assed version, but, uh, you know, they've been coming out for the most part at the same time around Thursday, you know, morning and stuff, so that's what I'm going to try to keep uh, keep doing. Like I said, I uh, hope everybody's doing good. I got a great show today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Amazing night in sports last night, uh, if you give a fuck. But I swear to God, man, that, uh, you know, Golden State Warriors going for 73 wins season. um, And Kobe Bryant's last game, which um, the performance he put on, especially in the last five, six minutes of that game, was, was absolutely fucking like... Like, as corny as it sounds, it was breathtaking. I was just like, what the f- Like, wow. I got home, like, right around that time because I had a couple of shows in the city, and then I drove up. I got up here, you know, a little, like, around midnight, maybe a little after midnight, I got to my house. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a West Coast game. It was his last game as a Laker, his last basketball game, and he goes out like that, 60 points. So we'll talk about that performance, of course, um, NBA playoffs coming up, so we got some stuff with sports. Um, you know, as far as uh, movies and TV and all that stuff that I talk about, I have not seen a movie yet. I keep trying to go, have not been able to go. Um, but um, some TV stuff we'll talk about. I want to talk about uh, this guy Bernie Sanders, the shit that he's, the rallies that he's doing. Um. Where I was last week, just a lot of stuff. Of course, the unacceptables, my unacceptable, your guy's unacceptable. A lot of shit to talk about. So sit back and relax, and get ready for episode two fifty-three of the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. I got a little pep in my step. I got a little nap in, which I desperately needed. Uh, I got both of my cats are outside, and I just put my dog on. Uh, he's got like this long, long like runner leash in the yard. And he's kind of just sitting there chilling, he's not getting into any trouble, so I figure I'm going to try to squeeze this podcast in until, uh, oh no, there's one of the cats walking by, but I don't think he's going to fuck around because he's got access to his food. Uh, So anyways, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy, but first, before we get into the podcast, i got to talk about the sponsors, everybody, and it looks like more sponsors are going to be jumping on, but for now... The uh, sponsors of the Versey Effect podcast, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow. Very funny comedian Dave Gavry out there in Chicago runs the website, and they have amazing, um, just amazing interviews that you can check out um, with uh, comedians. Comedians such as Doug Stanhope and... And, uh, Ralphie May, who I think is going through some shit for saying something, he said something about, um, Indian people, and is going through shit with that, but Hannibal Burris, I did an interview there, Joe Madaris did an interview there, uh, I did, just, I mean, there's a ton of different, uh, people, if you like comedy that you can listen to, uh, you could read about on gonzalfame.com, so go to that, also go to All Things Comedy for, uh, top comedy podcasts all over the place, amazing podcasts, they also have a record label, and, um, you know, they do a great job. You can follow All Things Comedy uh, at, on Twitter, at All Things Comedy. And like I said, go to their website, allthingscomedy.com. They just do a great job with the artist and, and making, um, you know, making it as fair as, as could possibly be for the, for the artist and the performer. So uh, please check those guys out and support, uh, support those guys. Um, I'm going to do my... Unacceptables. That's one thing I wanted to talk to people about too uh, with the Unacceptables today. Uh, It looks like there isn't any issues this week but uh, and this is very few people so I don't want I don't want anybody to think oh man people are complaining about the Unacceptables. No. But a couple of people are like dude I love your show. I'm a loyal listener but sometimes the Unacceptables could get too long because people are you know, they want to give you a really good story, and even if the story is good, it takes away from the shit that you might want to fucking, you know, just fucking bullshit about, and all that stuff, so, again, real quick, I just want to put it out there, guys, I want to read your your um, unacceptables, I want to, you know, shout you out, and, uh, and do that, but if you could just keep them a little shorter, uh, just keep it on a little bit on the shorter side, um, you know, So I could get to everybody, but I do got to keep it at a certain time, so if it's, if I get, like, some weeks, it's, like, normal time, but sometimes, just, it's weird, some people have, you know, stories all the same week, and I'm sitting there with a ton of emails, and it's, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to all of them if they're all really that long, so... Um, but I mean, if it's like a crazy, extraordinary story and I read it, I'm like, I got to fucking read this on the show, then I'm going to do that. But if you guys could keep it to, to just shorter and stuff like that. So, um, and thank you guys. You know, I appreciate the input too from the listener. You know, like, if you see something or if you hear something, if you're like, hey, man, you were talking about dogs last week and I just want you to know that I got a dog and my experience was different and you should try something like this. Like, I'll talk about it. Or, hey, man, I wish you would do this. I'm always going to talk about it and listen. You know, obviously, if you come at me like a dick, you know, then I don't give a fuck, then don't listen. Uh, I'm doing this for free, you fuck. What What movie was that from? Um, Oh, My Cousin Vinny. Joe Pesci, but... Um, yeah, I wanna just talk, one thing I wanna talk about, I wanna talk about, um, the Ralphie May thing, too, because apparently, like, from what I read online, shows are getting cancelled and stuff like that, so Ralphie May was on stage, and I guess where he did a bit, where he basically said, like, fuck Indian people who complain, and he just, you know, you could listen to the bit or rant, and, uh, I know Ralphie a little bit, I did a show with Ralphie in L.A., um, I also, uh, ran into Ralphie at a party in Pittsburgh not too long ago, um, and I talked to him, and Ralphie May is a super fucking nice guy, and, uh, you know, I got nothing bad to say about the guy, but it just seems now, it's just once again another comedian who said something, who tried to make something funny and go out there, but since it was talking about a group of people, um, now the guy's losing money, the guy's losing money, and, and it's, you know, it's ridiculous. I just still to this day I do not understand why and I know I've said it before on the show but I have to keep talking about it because it's like the only thing that I just want more and more people to hear it and it's like when you go to a fucking comedy show all bets are off you know now I heard of something horrible once where a comedian said something about an airplane crash And a guy in the crowd was like, hey, my daughter was on that plane. And the guy, I don't even want to repeat, but the guy said something really, really fucked up about the daughter, like to the guy. Like, you know, like a sexual reference about his his deceased daughter to the crowd. People started getting up, leaving. Now listen, if you're going to be that fucking nuts and that much of just like fuck everything and I don't care and like almost take it to a point that's like really ridiculous, and that isn't funny. I'm not talking about that. You know, if you, if you just say something nuts, like, you know, if you say... So, if there's a woman sitting there, you're like, yeah, hey, I want to slit your throat and fucking fuck your neck and watch you bleed to death, you cunt. Like, that. that is, obviously, I think, if that person doesn't get hired at that room anymore, I think that that's, that's you, know, you know, justified, okay? Um, the banning of that comedian would be justified. But what I'm talking about is just the fucking... You know, you're going to talk about drugs, you're going to talk about violence, you're going to talk about things, you're going to say things, you're going to talk about people. You know, you might make a racial joke, or maybe make a joke about how a certain group, a stereotype of a certain group. It's true a lot of the times. And, you know, if you're going to be sensitive about it, it's, it's almost like, are people going to comedy shows of people to just wait for one thing so they could ruin them? I mean, that's not the way that it was before. I remember, um, you know, hearing about things where you would have to, I just heard about this because um, it's actually a really cool story, so I'll share I'll share this really cool comedy story with you guys, and it was actually weird how it happened, it was awesome, and then I'm gonna get to the, um, then I'll get to my unacceptable and your guys' unacceptables, and of course we got a ton of stuff to talk about with the, you know sports and some stuff, so sit back, relax, get ready, wherever you may be, folks, whether you're in your car, where are you, are you on a treadmill, whatever you're doing, you're going to work, you're coming back from work, whatever it is, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, I got a little pep in my step on this one, Um, and uh, you know, there's certain ones, you feel it, certain ones, you're like, fuck, man, I got to tough through this one with still giving the goods, this one, I feel, this one's going to come natural, Um. but here, here's uh, here's what happened. It's really cool, and it'll get back. It'll come full circle to the to what I'm saying about comedians saying things and getting in trouble. Um, so the other night I did a show. Um, I'm working on a short set, so I, I ran down to the city, um, and I did a show, and um, I texted my buddy Giannis Papas. You guys know Giannis, by the way. Uh, tomorrow, Giannis's album. Let Me Be Honest is going to be exclusively, you know, uh, hitting your radios from uh, Sirius for a few months before it gets released on digital, so you're going to be able to hear it on Sirius and kind of get a commercial of it for a while, so check out, uh, check that out if you have uh, Sirius XM satellite radio, so I'm in the city, and it was early, and I got finished early, and I went over, went over to another club to see about getting up, but um it was, uh, it was a privately produced show, and they had a ton of comedians, and I didn't even want to bother asking. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you got to know, like, clubs are great to you, and they'll be like, yeah, you want to get up? You want to get five minutes? No worries. But when you, and this is just for any comedians out there, but have some tact with it, especially if it's, like, a club that loves you and is good to you. Don't just go in and abuse it. Like, I went in, I saw this privately, sh- you know, this privately produced show going on. There was a ton of comedians there. There was a ton of people there. I looked at the list. You could tell everybody running it was stressed out. The last thing I'm going to do is be like, hey, you guys are great to me. Can you be great to me again when you're stressed out and there's too much? You know, it's like, I was like, whatever. So I only so I only did one show that night, and I was like, um, what should I do? So let me text Giannis. And I was like, I would like to smoke a cigar indoors tonight and um, get some dinner. Just talk to my buddy and kind of relax and unwind. It's been a really stressful week because the storms that we had up here last week made all things cancel for kids' schools and everything, and everything's going on this fucking week. So I was like, you know what, man, let me just sit on a nice leather couch. We'll watch some some basketball. We'll smoke a stick. So sure enough, Giannis is like, yeah, that's great. Um, I'll meet you at this time. And then we even called another buddy. And we all met up to smoke a cigar. But on the way to the cigar place, the cigar spot is right across the street from the old Dangerfield, from Dangerfields, which is still there. Dangerfields Comedy Club over on First Avenue and I believe 61st Street. And it's legendary. And I've, I've done shows there and it's kind of like, um, you know, it's just a, a state, it's just been in New York since the late 60s. So we parked the car to go in to... The cigar place, but my car happens to be parked right in front of Dangerfields. Now I've seen it before, and I've kind of done a tour, but Giannis has never really been in there. So Giannis goes, "Let me just see who's performing and go in." So he walks in, and he's kind of like enamored by just like the just how it hasn't changed, and it's got that old school feel. It's almost like walking into like old Yankee Stadium. Like it that's that's the type of club it is. It's just like they never changed anything from nineteen sixty nine. And, uh, you know, it's got the piano on the stage that Rodney was at. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It really is. So we go into Danger Fields and we see some comedians. We know, oh, hey, how you doing? Everything, you know, and we're shaking hands with people. And uh, what's going on? This and that. And we see this one guy, Steve Marshall. Shout out to Steve Marshall. Um, nice guy, veteran comic. Just nice, nice guy, man. And uh, he works at fields all the time. And he's like, oh, hey, Giannis. And he goes, oh, hey, Paul. I don't know, Paul. And uh, he's like, hey, let me, let me show you Rodney's dressing room, and let me let me do this. And he's just being super nice. So Giannis is like, do you mind? it? I'm like, no, no, this is great. Let's do it. So we go to Rodney's old dressing room downstairs, and, uh, you know, there was a sink in there because Rodney used to do Vegas, so he wanted a sink in there to, to have it look the same. And, the, the, the you know, the old wooden paneling on the wall, you know, that you probably had in your parents' or grandparents' house in the 60s and 70s was still there. And you see all these posters and pictures of Rodney Dangerfield and, and Jim Carrey and all these people. It's just amazing, you know. So Steve, being nice and gracious, goes, hey, you guys don't really work here that much. And it's like, no, you know, it's just one of those clubs where it's just been there forever. And, you know, it has the same booker. And it's just just been there forever. It's like a museum. And just haven't really been in there. So he goes, well, the owner's here. Uh, Tony. Tony is Rodney's original partner. And I've seen Tony on, you know, when Rodney did the HBO special, he'd be on stage and he'd go, yeah, and then my 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 uh, partner Tony, come out here, Tony. Tony's Greek too, so you hey, Yeah, come out here, Tony. And Tony would, you know, sh- you know, wave, and Tony happened to be there, so they call us and you know he goes, come in, come in, uh, guys, come in and meet Tony. So we just go in and Tony's sitting there, and his office has all these old clippings of everybody who performed at the club, and you're talking early '70s, all the way till like you know whatever before before newspaper, you know, before newspaper didn't fucking matter anymore, and, and he's got all these clippings, and these old, like, checks on the wall of all these performers there, and it's like a museum, man, it's unbelievable, and he's sitting there, he's like, hey guys, how you doing, what's your name, this and that, and then we talked, and, you know, we, we would just, just exchanging nice, you know, pleasantries, and this and that, and your club is amazing, and, you know, all kinds of stuff, and, you know he was just like thanks what's your name let me get your guy's number and we started talking about who we've performed with and i kind of let him know that i opened for burr because uh, burr used to work there and that was like a place where burr really like did a lot of his work and to work out so I said, yeah, you know, I said my, my buddy and basically, you know, my, my best friend and mentor, you know, worked here and he's like, who? And I said, Bill Byrne, he's like, oh, Bill, you know, is one of my favorites and Bill used to come here all the time. And, you know, we were just talking about me opening for him. I talked about how I opened for him at the garden in Carnegie Hall and he was like, oh man, that's great. And he's like talking to Giannis about, you know, Giannis, you know, did an H, I mean, a, a comedy central special and all kinds of stuff. And he's like really into us. And we're just looking at the wall and the clippings and we're like little kids in history, and Steve Marshall's like, see, Tony, these guys get it, these guys understand, and, and, you know, we do, like, the historic part, you know, look, I'm, I'm a student of comedy, I will always be, I'll, I'll watch young comedians, I'll watch comedians that are way, you know, below the length of time that I've been doing, comedians that just, you know, newer and not ready yet, but, like, you know, you could see stuff is funny, you know, I'll watch comedians that are, are, you know, below and beyond me, as far as in, in the game, you know, you just watch, and you watch a funny joke, so when I go into a place like that, it means everything to me, especially, and I also told that my dad took me to see Ronnie Dangerfield at uh, Radio City Music Hall, when I think it was in 1987, where, you know, by the end of it, I was sleeping on my dad's lap, but it, you know, I was a young kid, I, you know, and, but I remember, um, back to school was like the backdrop, or a picture of back to school was on there, and I believe Bob Nelson had opened, and, Rodney was crushing so hard, and I remember watching my dad laugh, watching my dad laugh at another guy laughing so hard, and couldn't catch his breath, and all this stuff, and it's just all this really cool stuff going on, and um, we were just talking about it, and he goes, yeah, look at these things, and like the clippings were like, you know when a newspaper is so old, it gets like, it goes from like yellow to like fucking orange, so like there's all these old newspaper clippings that were laminated of people that performed there, And he said to us, and this is why I brought up the the Ralphie Mae thing and these people going to shows and and bloggers trying to fuck with comedians. He goes, yeah, he goes, back in those days, you had to read the newspaper to see who was coming to the comedy club. Like, that was the only way. You had to get the paper, and if you wanted live entertainment, uh, you know, stand-up-wise, you'd have to go to the newspaper and say, oh, so-and-so is going to be there, so we're going to go there this weekend, and word of mouth would get out and everybody would come. Um... And there's something really pure and amazing about that. It's just like word of mouth and you hear about somebody or you watch something on TV and that was the power. That was so much more power on TV because that's where you see people and now you see people on YouTube clips and there's a million shows and all that kind of stuff. But going back to what I said is that, you know, you didn't have that back then. You went there, and I guess if there was an incident and somebody was offended, they just fucking got up and left, or there was an arguing with a heckle, and the f- bouncer would say, you know what, get the fuck out, and that was it, and the comedian got to work the next day, and that was just a memory they had of, oh, this shit happened, and this incident happened with this person. And that's not the case anymore, okay? Because right now, it's not about the newspaper. Right now, you could fucking have a bad night on stage, be in a bad mood, you know, call some chick a fuck, you say something about some chick, or say something negative about, you know, a woman talking at a show, and all of a sudden there's a feminist group about you, they're out, they place the clip up there, and you're branded this fucking, you know, anti-woman, you know, this and that, and you lose work, and people don't like you, and it's really fucked up. So, I mean, there can be no apologies for anything. You say something, and again, I said it once, I, 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 I might have said it a couple times, but I heard... The uh, the great late Patrice O'Neill said, "If you say something on stage, mean it. Don't say some shocking shit." I'm not saying Ralphie did. I think Ralphie, you know, was saying a joke and Pete got backlash from it. He, if he loses work and money for it, it's an absolute travesty. But you know, other comedians may go up and say something. But you know, yeah, mean what you say. But you can't apologize. And you know, I I think that's why a guy like me would have a hard time. Maybe you know, I don't know getting my own show, but I mean, I'm not, the thing is, no, I shouldn't say that, I don't think I'd have a hard time, getting my own show, because I'm not, I don't think I, go on stage and say, like, I kind of know, when I'm saying something, All right, this is gonna be a little fucking much, or maybe, you know, I kind of have that, but if I'm feeling it at the moment, I'm gonna say it, but it's just, once again, how many fucking people, you know, when Trevor Noah got the Daily Show, there were go people going back, and John Rudnitsky, and we've talked about it before. He got SNL. People went back two years on his Twitter to see if he said anything bad, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's a racist or he hates this group. It's really fucked up, man. It's I mean, they're making kids getting dudes are dudes are putting out, you know, get getting told they're getting a TV show or they're going out to an audition. They're being told take your Twitter down. Or, oh, you just got on that show and now the show wants you to take down your Twitter so you don't say anything stupid. It's like, you know, you just got to, it's a combination of being smart and really having a good gauge of what you're saying and knowing what, what is a real pressure point and, and also, you know, people trying to fucking witch hunt and go after you for no reason. And, um, you know, if I ever said something that offended anybody, I'd be like, look, That's what I was feeling at the moment. I said it's a comedy show. You didn't find it funny, that's fine. You know, but I don't need to sit here and tell everybody that I'm not racist and I have nothing against anybody every fucking time I go on. Like, that, it's just a comedy show. And I don't understand why comedy clubs don't have disclaimers. I just, honest to God, don't. You know, everybody should have to fuck. You know what they should do? This would be the greatest thing. This would be the greatest fucking thing ever. Everybody lined up for a comedy show walks in front of this disclaimer. And it, and the disclaimer says, you will hear things that will offend you. You will hear things about horrible diseases somebody in your family or yourself have. You will hear jokes about ethnic groups that may come across racist. You will hear jokes about violence and you might have been a victim of violent crime or somebody you know or love might have been a victim of violent crime. And just have this list go from the ceiling to the fucking floor, and then before everybody walks into the showroom to get their seats for a comedy show, if they have a cell phone, they should have to. T- they should be. It should be mandatory to take a picture of that thing. And if they don't want to take a picture of it, leave. Goodbye. Sorry. Sorry. You know what? You got some fucking stupid pictures in your phone. I know it. Okay. Why don't you delete one of your fucking, you know, one of the 19 of your son on a fucking swing when you took him to the park and you wanted to post it like you were a good parent. Why don't you delete that one, okay? And you're going to have to take a picture of this and then take your seat. But there's one catch. This is what they should have to fucking do. It would be epic, and I heard some clubs in California are doing it, which is fucking awesome, and it should be a rule. After you take the picture of the sign the mandatory picture of the of the disclaimer you have to put your phone you have to put your phone fo- you have to check your phone almost like it's a coat you put it in a fucking bag or everybody puts their phone somewhere and checks it and all the phones are there at the end and on your way out. Now, it may cause another extra 15 minutes and fuck people up, but you know what's not going to happen? Comedians aren't going to lose their fucking jobs, and that's who they're there to see anyway. Comedians aren't going to lose fucking money, and you know what? Some blogging cunt isn't going to be allowed to say anything because right when they are like, well, I was still offended in the show and I could write about that. No, you can't, dickhead, because you got a picture in your phone that you would fucking lose that battle a million times. You got a picture in your phone, so fuck you. That's what should happen. You know, if, if, if people want to take it that far, if people want to take money and fucking, f- you know, money and food out of the mouths of comedians who are the fucking only true free speakers for the fucking, for people that could just go, a guy could go out and say anything, these fucking politicians can't go out and say what po- what, what comedians could say. These, these big, you know, corporate people who are on platforms and have to, nobody can say what a comedian could say. You could literally, as a comedian, go up there and say anything. It's the, it's the freest, most purest way to express yourself right now, and there are people that are getting offended and don't like it. And it's ridiculous. So that's that's what I would say, because every time I hear, and every time I see a comedian apologizing, I'm like, oh, man, it just happened again, it happened again. It's fucked up, it really is. So, um, and here's the thing. Why are these easily offended people going to comedy shows? I don't understand. Just don't go. If somebody's going to say something, if you're, an, if you're an Indian, or you're, you're an African American, or, or you're Asian, or, or if you go to a all African, if you go to an urban and you're white, if you go to a place where you could possibly be alienated or possibly have you know be the butt of the joke that you might find you know really kind of insensitive and and, you know and insecure I mean uh you know insulting and you're that worried you know what I mean then that go and stop being insecure too because that's you obviously are that if you go and you feel that well just fucking don't go don't go be like listen I'm too much of a cunt I gotta go to the movies then go there And those are the same people that are like Wright-Warner Brothers because they don't like the fucking movie because the movie was too this or the movie was too anti-this. It's fucking unbelievable, man. That's the only problem with what social media and, and where we're at with technology today is. But the way blogging is getting worse, I think comedy clubs, it's on comedy clubs now. I think it's on comedy clubs now. Comedy clubs need to stand up and do something about this. Comedy clubs need to stand up for their fucking employees because that's what the comedian is. That's an employee. So instead of worrying about your fucking money and your liquor license and all that shit, understand that the people that that are that are fucking keeping your your keeping your walls up. Okay, the people that are 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 putting their fucking intelligent content and thoughts out there for you are being attacked so what the fuck are you gonna do as an establishment to 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 protect them you know what I mean that's the thing it's like comedy clubs need to go well we can't we we can't worry about what crazy bitches yeah you can you could police it more you could see if it becomes a problem you could if somebody's outside saying they're gonna write about something if you see that more and more find ways to protect your guys or at least try to at least cut it out a little bit, like whatever little bit you could do. Now listen, you can't really stop somebody who's a blogger or who's going to cause a big fuss. You can't stop them a hundred percent. But you know what you could do? You could put a disclaimer out. You could you could you know, you could may- maybe have an announcement, a recording before the show saying you this might happen. If you're sensitive, leave now. You know, or take the picture of the thing. Mandatory, take the picture. You got it in your phone now. And then the club has a picture of the person taking the picture. So they can't really fucking back out of it. You know? I mean, Mike Ward. Shout out to Mike Ward. Great Canadian comedian. I've worked with Mike many times. I've had lunch with Mike out there. Mike is a great comedian out there in Montreal. He's on trial in court for an insensitive joke about a disability somebody had. And somebody, he's in court. He's in court. There's a fucking hearing about a joke. That's where it's going to right now. It's fucking ridiculous, man. And all I could think of is Sam Kinnison and George Carlin and Richard Pryor and all these fucking people. I'd love to see what they would have done. Rest their souls. I'd love to see what they did. Tell everybody to go fuck themselves and go write another hour and go harder. It's really scary. It's unbelievable is what it is. Um... So I just wanted to address that real quick because it just seems like every few months you're hearing Oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, man, they made a, you know, an off-color joke about this. It's a fucking comedy show. I've heard funny jokes about fucking, you know, you hear funny jokes about the most horrible thing. You know? I've heard jokes about having sex with dead people. I've heard jokes. I mean, I haven't done those jokes, but I've heard jokes. And some people make them funny. I've heard hilarious rape jokes. Hilarious rape jokes. Do I think rape is good? No. I have a sister and a mother and a daughter. I think rape is good. Rape is terrible. When I go to a comedy show, I want to see how creative a comedian could get to make anything funny. You know, death is horrible, but there's fucking hilarious shit in death. Everything. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand how people don't fucking understand that. You should be fucking fired from your job if you fucking blog about shit. That, that's how fuck. there should be a fucking, where's the protection? There should be rules against that. There should be rules against these fucking people. Oh, fuck, I got my dog freaking out. Hold on. Yeah, so that's that's all I was saying. My dog was just out there barking at some guy walking his dog, which I like. You know, I want, I want a little guard in him. But, yeah, but going back, it's like, it's just these people need to be like I have no sympathy at all for somebody like, you know, I'm waiting for like a huge comedian like to just fucking tell people, listen, if this person's on Twitter, fucking destroy him, destroy him. If you're going after fucking comedians, you're going after one of the purest forms of entertainment there is. So, hope it works out for Ralphie Man. Oh, he has children. I hope he doesn't lose too much money. And uh, it's it's just a, it's just a shame. Uh, okay, moving on, everybody, uh, let's see here what else we have, so now I want to talk about, uh, this is another thing that's going to get me angry, All right, listen, you're getting a fired up, uh, you're getting a fired up, uh, Paul Verzi today, you're getting a Paul Verzi who's just fucking spewing shit and getting a little mad, you know why, what are you going to do, can't always be happy, you know, (laughs) it can't always be, you know, good mood, actually, I, I am in a good mood, I'm just fired up, as you can see. Um, but here's something, um, my son had a kid over, friend over, okay, it's my unacceptable, and obviously I'm not gonna use any names, and the nice thing is he's had a bunch of kids over lately, so nobody's gonna know, but they're playing a video game, kids start like throwing around the controller, this and that, shit going on, and um, I think my wife said my wife said something along the lines of... Well, don't do that. And one of the fucking smart-ass kids, he was like... Well, I could do whatever I want because I'm a guest. And if it breaks, I'm not responsible for it. Okay? First of all, that that alone is just... You know, I, I, I heard that from the road. And I, I was like... My, my fucking blood was boiling. Then, I take my son... Uh, you know, my son plays soccer. And... My son plays soccer and uh, Little League baseball, okay? So he just started playing soccer. He's got on uh, Sundays, and he's got Little League on Saturdays, and he's got practice before those during the week. And one of the kids, nice thing is nobody will ever know what I'm talking about because there's two sports, two, you know, two leagues, everything like that, practices, games, nobody knows what I'm talking about. But let's just say one of those kids... Uh. Just running around like a fucking madman. Okay. I um, I think I think it's the same kid who was at the house, but there was a few kids at the house, but and I see these parents and they're just like and 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 all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, there's the fucking problem. Look. Cause the parents are like, oh stop it, stop it. You're gonna get tired. Stop it. Stop it. And these little motherfuckers, these little pieces of shit who've never been wrapped in the fucking mouth or have never had anybody put their fucking foot down, are running around like dicks, kicking things, doing this, doing that. My little boy, being the fucking better gentleman that he is, because that's what he is. I'm not saying that because he's my son. That's what he is. He's an absolute fucking sweetheart gentleman. And he's like looking at these kids like he's at the fucking like, a dog park, he's, he's looking at these kids, like, these kids, you know, he's laughing and smiling, because, of course, he's a little boy, boys will be boys, but he's almost looking at them, like, it's some kind of show, and these kids are completely fucking misbehaving, they're completely being rude, they're completely being rude in front of parents, to the point where I was, like, whoa, 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 don't do that, don't do that, like, and I get pissed now, like, my patience with kids, like, I'm not, like, no, come on, guys, stop that, I'm like, no, dude, don't do, stop doing it, I'll say it to somebody else's kid, stop doing that. You know what? And if the parent's like, well, you shouldn't really say big, like, fuck you then. Yeah, I should say that. You know why? Because I'm setting an example for my son or daughter to not act like your son or daughter because they're acting like lunatics. That's why. Why don't you have a little bit of fucking fear in them to like, not fear to hurt them, but fear to be like, yeah, listen, you do that, you're going to go to your room, you're going to fucking not have a good night tonight or a good day over the weekend because you're acting like that and I'm going to take something away that you want to do because you don't know how to behave. And there's not they, they don't do that. And I know I sound like an old fuck, I know, because I used to act, but you know what, and I said this before, I never fucking was disrespectful, okay, I might have been funny, okay, I might have been in a restaurant when I was 11, 12 years old, and I would dip a fry in a bunch of ketchup and throw it against the window so my friends would laugh, absolutely disrespectful to the establishment, absolutely, okay, however when the establishment came or said something I would totally understand. I was nice about it. Okay? I treated my 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 kids my age great. You know what I mean? Like I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about misbehaving. A little boy is going to misbehave. A little girl is going to get into trouble too. That I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this like clear lack of like Disciplined from the parents to the point where they, they think they could say shit, forget how they act, they could say shit, they could do. They could run around, they could say rude stuff to adults, and they're just like, he. Just, he's just, I mean, he says things, and we're just like, where did that come from? It came from you, you fucking dope, that's where it came from, it came from you, or your fucking husband who's not around, or, or, or clearly one of you guys who is not disciplining this kid right at home. And I will give myself and my wife credit, 100%. Because me and my wife do a really, really good job. I mean, I'm softer than my wife is. My wife goes in when she gets pissed. Kids look at me as more fun. And maybe that's on me because I travel and I work. And when I'm home, I just try to make, I have the, you know, I try to have the best time with my kids. But when I got to lay the hammer down and tell my kids they're doing something wrong, not only do I tell them they're doing something wrong, I tell them, you know, why it's wrong and why they shouldn't do it and how it makes other people around them feel you know, instead of these fucking like, you know, and you could tell, some of them are just rich and don't give a fuck, and they just care about what their day is gonna be like, and they got either nannies or like house sitters and fucking, you know, all this shit with their kid, and the kid just, yeah, give him a video game and throw a sandwich in his mouth, he'll be great, and the kid just has no, you know, I'm, I'm really like, it's really, it's really unacceptable, some of the things. You know, like if my if if my child if somebody said my child said to to a a a woman or a man in their home, yeah, well I'm the guest, so I could break your controller, and it's not my responsibility. If somebody if, if my son said my son or daughter said that, you can believe, they would be sat down, and they would never after they did that they would be different in every other house they ever fucking went to after that, okay? And I'm not talking about hitting because I don't I don't hit my kids, I don't hit my kids you know, yeah, you could get, you could do a ton, trust me, I got a dog and a puppy, and I see how they act, and people are like, well, you know, smack their face and put their face in their own shit, and throw them in the basement, and they'll get it, and I've talked to professional dog trainers who say that is absolutely 100% not true, and I've done stuff with my dog where he's completely changed as a puppy for the better, and it's not that, it's the same thing with kids talked to a security guard in Canada and they said when somebody wants to fight and get rowdy and even fight them, they just kind of lower their voice and they're like, look, you don't want to do this to talk and it diffuses it instead of, yeah, fuck, fuck, you You can't do that. And it's the same thing with children, but you got to talk to your children and this fucking woman and this fucking man, whoever they may be. And there's a few of them. There's a, there's my son in my son's school. My son is a great school, and this is great. And there are great kids. It's a great small knit community. But the handful of kids that are just running wild like a pack of wild fucking dogs, you know, it's on the parents. And I see it, and it's really disrespectful, and it's absolutely unacceptable. It's not the kids' fault. And I'll tell you what, if 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 you did wrap your kid in the mouth hard, hard. Because they said that shit I think it's just I don't do it Because it's not in me to do But if I heard Oh yeah Did you hear about so and so Yeah Joe Smith Yeah his son was Disrespectful somebody Kid came home He smacked him right in the mouth And people are upset about it I'd be like Nah good Good for Joe Smith Because you know what His son's not going to do again Act like that That's unacceptable That's my unacceptable everybody This is episode 253 With a fired up Host today fired up but don't worry it's gonna loosen up you ever want to trip a kid i like to just trip when a kid's running and happy just trip like yeah hey, come here like they're just like all over like, yeah, I get to do kicking and stuff and saying that. just put your foot out and just have him trip and then he hits his knee and then it's like face kind of like slightly just scrapes against like hard dirt and they're both like then the, the, then he gets feelings of both like shock and scared and then starts crying and then as the adult, I would just like to stare at him with like an evil smirk. I know it sounds horrible, people, but this is what gives me the satisfaction to think. I just want people in line. It's the conservative part of me. I'm not conservative, you know, I'm not like a crazy conservative, but there, I have parts of my conservative thing. And part of it is just fucking making sure people are behaved properly. And if they're not, they're, they forcefully are. Okay, shut the fuck up and get in line the way you should. Jesus, talking to adults like that? I want everybody that I'm talking to right now, wherever you are, think about if a kid said that to you. Like, yeah, I can do whatever I want in your house because I'm your guest. What are you going to do about it? Think about how you would react to that. I know some of you right now are like, I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll fucking hit the kid. <laughs> Those are the people that go to jail. But, I mean, think about that. And I got to be careful because sometimes I tell my son that some of his friends are dopes. And, like, I don't want to do that, you know, because, like, the, you know, the, the kids are young. So, um, but, yeah, like, I'm at that part of, like, parenting now where, like, I'm starting to hear things. And I'm starting to see things, whether I'm on the road or I'm home or, you know, like, I'm just getting, I'm involved. You know, I'm involved with my kids. And you know, I went to my son's soccer game. And uh, my son got in the goal. And when your son's in goal, it's kind of crazy. Because there's going to be one point where there's a breakaway, where it's one kid versus your kid, and the kid's coming down. And you're like, oh, fuck, you know? And he had such a dope-ass save. This kid who's a year older and, like, it was nuts. It was just, like, Giannis was there, and he was calling him and his brother Splash Brothers because my son's team was playing a team that was older, I think more experienced, a ton more and they were like, you know, my son's team, they were losing. And they just alternate goals. And then it was my son's turn to be in the goal. And the kid's just running down. And it's just me. It's my. It's this dude and my son Lucas just waiting there. And I'm watching him watch the ball. And this kid with a huge leg. They said he's got the biggest leg in, like, the elementary part of the school. This kid was kick. This kid got a goal from half court. Giannis just was like, me and Giannis were like oh, almost like not cheering for the other team, but just like, oh, like with a dunk. You know, luckily my son wasn't in goal, so we could be like, that was a sick goal. But, so that kid's coming down. You know, this kid's kicking the ball. This kid kicked it so high, it actually grazed the bottom of the scoreboard for other sports. Like, that's how nuts. This kid, and, and then I talked to somebody. I went up to the coach joking. I go, dude, I want to check a couple of your guys for steroids. And he goes, no, they're brothers and they live, breathe, and, and just they eat, sleep, and breathe soccer. So this kid was coming up on my son, and my, I saw my son just concentrate on the ball. He just stared at the ball the whole time, so he was able to see where the kid's foot was going, and the kid just kicked it big, and um, and my son kind of like blocked it with his shins and legs, and it bounced off of him hard, and like I cheered nuts, and it's like, yeah, that's the point that I'm getting at now, like I'm getting to the point where, I mean, my kids are still little, they're still in like the first and second year of playing sports ever, so it's still young, but like you hear about other kids, and like when you see kids just behaving like that, it's on the parents, it's unacceptable, so... You know, And maybe there's going to be some parents that listen to this Or you know A lot of parents are telling me now that they're googling me A lot of parents know The business that I'm in um, You know people are like Oh yeah somebody told me about your album So like my name is getting out there Amongst I'm sure my, my You know my son's friend's parents And maybe they're going to listen to it Good maybe you do listen to it So you know if your kid comes to my fucking house Listen to episode 253 and Don't let that shit happen Uh, All right, now to your guys on Acceptables. I am fired the fuck up today, folks. I mean, I am ready right now. I am drinking my ruby red grapefruit seltzer, which is fucking delicious. Get grapefruit seltzer and put it in a glass with a bunch of ice. Let it get super cold and sip it. And then you write in and you fucking thank me by next week. All right, Um, you know what I'm going to do? Somebody wrote me one on Facebook, and I said I was going to get to it and read it, and that's what I'm going to try to do. So uh, let me look for that one now. Talk amongst yourselves, guys. Um, Got into a big fight with my wife this morning, so tonight might not be pleasant. Yeah, it's just, um, what can you do? Maybe it's my fault because I said here's one thing, advice with your girl, wife, husband, boyfriend, whatever, don't start off a sentence with, I got a bone to pick with you early in the morning, (laughs) all right, don't, because I got a bone to pick with you, already puts them on the fence, I shouldn't have done that, but I had a point, and I think I might have went about it wrong way, okay, this one is from Jesse W. Fleming, Paul, I have been a long-time listener of TVE Podcast, and I love it. Of course, my favorite segment of the show is The Unacceptable. Here's mine. Family members that will not let you completely break it off with your ex or soon-to-be ex. I am in the midst of a divorce uh, from my wife of nine months. Paul, I had to literally run for my life three months in uh, into my nuptials. We have... Been separated for six months with no contact or communication. Two weeks ago, I find out there's a family member, female, uh, has been hanging out with my soon to be ex wife the whole time. I find out after being invited to a garden party, and she, the wife, walks up. I kindly get up, look at the host uh, and the guest, and without saying a word, leave. Apparently, they go uh, out to bars and spend weekends together, have spa days, etc. What the fuck? What part of that's a fucking grenade, don't y'all understand? Leave it, slash her alone, and of course, do not pick it, uh, her up, and bring it, uh, and bringing it back to me. This is dangerous, and the reason that she didn't blow up in your hand is because she's waiting to get close enough to blow up in my face. The sad part about it is that they've give uh, they'll give her all the leverage she needs to fuck me. Uh, wow, and then they'll walk uh, they'll walk away, leaving me to uh, to sort out what's left of my life. Paul, sorry for the long post. This is my first time writing into any podcast. I'm honored that it is yours. Keep up the good work. P.S. to those family members in question. Fuck y'all. And to those listeners hearing this, if you are that family member, stop that shit. You are fucking up the family. Well, thank you, Jesse. I read this a long time. I read this like right after I missed, I'm, I just missed you last week, and I wanted to read it. Thank you for the submission. You're 100% right. Your family and everybody else should understand that that's something you're staying away from, and they should as well. That is definitely not cool, and I would feel I would feel that too. Um, okay, we don't have too many today, guys, so I'll get through these, and uh, and we will go back to the Versi Effect Podcast, episode 253, Um, this one is from Joshua Scott, hey Paul, so this story, so this is a story about one of my best friends and he's a TVE listener, he should have known this was coming, uh oh, when he did it, I call him up for drinks and the conversation goes something like this, ring ring him, sup Josh, moaning in the background, me, did you just seriously answer the phone while you're fucking him? Yup. So what's up? Me, uh, is she <laughs> just cool with this? Him, eh, not really. She shout, uh, she's shooting me a glare right now. Me, all right. Uh, I'm gonna just call you back. Him, nah, it's cool. I'm almost done anyway. <laughs> Oh, shit, that's funny. Uh, Had to hang up after that because that (laughs) sounds like I was about to hear my buddy bust one. Dude is straight up savage. Get your shit together. This isn't behavior for a man over 30. Uh, Lock him in a non-breeding cage, Josh. That's funny, though, dude. That's funny. And, you know, shame on the girl for allowing it because she partly allowed it. Like She should have just been like, you know what, I'm done. He would have hung up real quick. Uh, Or just laughed and let her leave. But I got to tell you, that's funny. But the line that got me was, nah, nah, it's cool, dude. I'm almost done. That's fucking hilarious. Thank you for the submission. Okay, Uh, this next one is from a regular uh, writer into the show, Josh Innocent. Hi, Paul. I thought I'd write in my first acceptable for TVE. I remember listening to an old Monday morning podcast episode with you and Bill Burr when you guys were laughing hysterically at Jim Florentine's voice and his podcast. Hearing you do that impression and hearing you guys dying laughing immediately turned me onto his podcast, Comedy Metal Midgets, and I've been hooked since. The last couple of episodes, you did a mini rant in Florentine's voice, and it was absolutely spot on. You nailed it right down to the uh, uh, enunciation. Like when he says... Uh, There is no reason for that. (laughs) I would love to hear you two read out Unacceptables on episode sometime just to see your reactions as you two fume over the wealth, uh, wealth of animals out there. Thanks for the last, Paul. You know how to treat comedy nerds like myself. Well, thank you, Josh. Glad you enjoyed it. I love Florentine. I love Florentine and I love... He'd be like, yeah, fucking nobody hits their kids. It's a fucking joke. My kid would never talk like that. Um, all right, here we go. This one is from not many more. So if any of you people are complaining about the length, this should be a good one here. This is from TJ Hernandez. This is unacceptable strip club experience. Okay. Um, Verzi, I was at a strip club in Scottsdale, Arizona for a bachelor party last weekend. We had a group of about 10 guys and we were spending plenty of money. Bottle service paid to get the, the bachelor of VIP dance on stage the whole nine yards. It was a relatively small club, so it was clear to the whole staff that we were the group spending plenty of money. About halfway through the night, I go to the bar and ask a female bartender if I could buy uh, if I could buy someone's. Uh, she replies, "I only have twos." Uh, somewhat confused, I respond, "Yes, I just need to buy uh, ones for the dancers." Stonefish, she says, I only have twos. They take those. <laughs> I immediately walk over to the other bartender whose register is maybe six feet away, and he quickly sells me once. Um, by the time I get back to my seat, I'm steaming, realizing that the first bartender was trying to fuck me over. After fuming for about five minutes, I go back to the original bartender and order a Red Bull which is uh, which I already knew was four bucks. I pay with a five, and she gives me back one, to which I acknowledge I thought you were out of ones. Her eyes get big, and knowing she was caught, she still tries to cover her ass. I can't take extra ones out of the lockbox. I just saw you take that out of, out of your register. They have uh, to last me the whole night. Do you want to see how many I have left? I'd love to. She doesn't show me anything, and... Uh, And I shake my head at her and give good and give her a look like she's the most disgusting person uh, in the whole place Lock these money-grubbing cunts in an STD-infested stripper cage and throw away the key Love the podcast TJ Hernandez. Thank you, dude. Yeah, yeah, man It's a way to fuck you out of money. You're 100% right you you nailed it and you got her though. That's the best part Thank you for the submission Uh, Okay, a couple more this is from this is a Target unacceptable from uh, Sully S. Hey Paul, uh, sorry if this is long. It doesn't seem that bad. Sorry if this is long, but this shit is crazy. A couple weeks ago, on a Wednesday, I wake up to my phone. I uh, wake up and my phone is dead, uh, and my charger and and my charging cables were all dead, which was a huge inconvenience. So I drive to Target, and as I'm pulling up to the par- uh to park. I see a ton of cop cars, a truck, and a news van walking toward the front. uh, The truck was labeled Crime Scene Investigation, and I'm like, oh shit, this is crazy. I wonder what happened. As I make my way to the door, there are security guards at the door, and a white lady uh, worryingly asked, is it safe to go in now? They say yes. The fact that she had to ask that was, uh, weirding me out. So I start making my way towards the electronic section and I start seeing a huge, hold on a second here. I'm trying to, I start seeing a huge section of the store taped off with crime scene. Wow. Um, do not enter. At this point I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, this is for real. I see four employees talking amongst themselves, and as I pass by, two coroners, wow, come out, uh, and I overhear, hey, Jesus, hold on a second, this is fucking nuts, and I overhear, "Uh, hey, you guys, uh, we are going to have to move this uh, out to the back of the store. I thought, coroners, what the fuck, my curiosity peaked. So I go to an empty aisle near the tape, but all I see is a blue uh, tarp covering a specific area. Uh, could not identify what was in there, but I was able to get, a pretty, cl- uh, get pretty close because there were no cops guarding this shit. Uh, all the employees were calm. Every customer had a worried face. Most were curious and asking questions, but were not answered. At this point, I was wishing my phone wasn't dead to videotape all this shit. I get to electronics and I buy my charging cable. As I'm making my way down the crime scene, I overhear this lady in her 50s ask a manager, how much longer until uh, this opened? The manager says, possibly another hour. This cunt, in a raised, annoyed, nasally voice, says, really, an hour? I couldn't believe it. I thought, Jesus, man... There's something dead in here, and they are investigating this area. Is whatever you're looking for really that much of a fucking emergency? Go fuck yourself, lady. I still didn't know what really happened at this point. I just know some something is dead. Uh, I head to the Starbucks near the exit. I always do that. I love going to that Starbucks. Uh, think of this podcast and buy myself a cool line refresher for the first time ever. It was amazing, by the way. So, I'm sitting there, and look out the window at the cops, uh, news people and customers. Then it, it really hit me. Holy shit, there's a dead guy in here. Why the fuck is the store still open? There's kids and shit running around. This will make a great unacceptable. I get the fuck out of there, charge my phone, come back to try to video all of it. But the security guard told me, sorry, the store is closed now. Shortly after, I saw the local news story. Uh, on Facebook, apparently some guy in his 20s, what, went into the kitchenware aisle, took a knife out of the package and stabbed himself in the chest. Target kept the fucking store open for two hours with that fucking dead guy in there. Absolutely unacceptable, I'm just glad the guy didn't hurt anyone else, because he totally, uh, had that option. Uh, oh, and you sent me the, you sent me the link to the news story. Holy shit, dude. See, that was a long one that I'm willing to read. Um, Oh, my God, dude. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, like, you would think right when somebody saw blood and knew that a guy killed himself in there, everybody needs to just be out of the store. The store needs to be out. Like, you know, you got to fucking stepping over a guy buying The Force Awakens on DVD. It's fucking gross, man. Uh, Absolutely awesome. Unacceptable. Thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate the story. Uh, Sully Okay let's see what else we have here What's next Yes it's back We're back Oh guys you have no idea What I just went through I just fixed this here And uh Thank God So Sully was the last one You guys have no idea What just happened Uh The recording Was uh Stopped So I I had a problem And I think my son was right It was the microphone I had to re I had to put it back in or fix it. So, um, oh my God. So just to give you guys a, a, a quick glimpse into what happened here. I was, oh my God, dude, that's brutal. I was recording this great episode. I got to like 50 something minutes and then it just flatlined. So I got to go back. So now, uh, All right, here's the next unacceptable. Like, uh, basically, this was supposed to be out an hour ago, but I had a glitch, and I want to finish the rest of it so it goes well. Okay, this one is from Daniel Dowdy, and Daniel Dowdy sent me a link, and it says, uh, animals, lock them in a cage with their mouths taped shut, unacceptable. And it was a CBS News uh, report that somebody left their golden retriever muzzled, duct taped on the highway. And it's like, what are you doing? Just go like to an animal shelter, and bring the dog there, like to, you know what I mean, you don't duct tape your dog's snout and leave it on the highway, let them take it to a shelter, let them you know, evaluate the dog, put it in a confined area, look at it, have somebody, you know what I mean, you don't, you don't leave, you don't just duct tape a dog's, it was a beautiful German shepherd, you don't duct tape a German shepherd's snout shut and leave it on the highway, you know, like what kind of animal, that's, that is absolutely unacceptable, so, uh, yeah man, I, I don't, I don't know, that's just like, that's just cruelty beyond belief, how somebody could just, a helpless animal that can't take care of itself to do that, Uh, I really, I really don't like that, so, um, all right, let's go to the next one, thank you for the submission, Uh, Drew, Uh, I'm sorry, Daniel, I got a buddy named Drew, uh, Dowdy, Uh, (laughs) all right, this one is from Robert Thompson, Paul, It is unacceptable that I have been trying to buy tickets for the 28th, um, and on the Punchline website, it tells me to call number to order, and when I do, the number, uh, it says the tickets are available online, and they fucking are not. Uh, I have then tried speaking to a representative, and it just rings and rings. Hashtag unacceptable, guy who is going to get shitty-ass seats. First of all, Robert, thank you so much for... um, Listening to the podcast and writing in, first and foremost, but also getting tickets to see me perform. I really appreciate that. Um, hopefully that worked out. I will definitely talk to somebody about that because that is an issue. Um, hopefully they worked it out, but thank you so much. Uh, that is that is uh, awesome that uh, you're going to be at the show. Look forward to meeting you. Uh, okay, this one is from Cyber Home. Uh, unacceptable. Uh, I'm doing you a favor. Dear Paul, I wasn't sure if it was the number four or the word for in the email address, so I hope this gets to you. Uh, okay, I'm a long-time listener and first-time writer uh, to your podcast. Normally, I just sit back and laugh at everybody else's unacceptables, but this one was too good to not share. I live in a residential neighborhood on a street that uh, empties out into a main boulevard. I'm backing out of my driveway, and as I start to cut the steering wheel it uh, to straighten up, I looked in the rearview mirror to see this hippopotamus rocking the serious cunt face in her mini cuntlet carrying SUV. This animal is two inches away from my bumper and starts to push me down the street to get to the intersection. Fortunately, it's only about 150 yards or so until I have to turn to let this freak beast on her way. As I approach the intersection, this animal cuts the steering wheel hard and damn near squeals the tires into the, uh, into the parking lot of a McDonald's at the intersection. Apparently, I wasn't going fast enough for this manatee to get her 50-piece chicken nugget meal with the 32-ounce McFlurry. Bitch, I'm doing you a favor. The calories you are burning with your anger toward me, are adding 28 more seconds to your miserable life, which is likely going to end with you face down in a stack of fruity-tootie, fresh and fruity flapjacks in an IHOP. <laughs> I love how you gave the whole name. You weren't just going to say flapjacks, you were getting that Rudy tootie in there. Paul, locked this animal in a cage two feet away from a McDonald's exhaust fan, so the smell of french fries causes her to die from hunger pains. Hashtag Boston Jimmy. Uh, thank you for the submission. That's awesome. Um, okay. And then this one, I don't know. This one I must have missed somehow. But this one is, uh, Alex, uh, Banez. This asshole at Subway blasting his music and digging out dirt from under his nails with a nail clipper. I don't know if I read that one, but that is gross and unacceptable. All right, that's it for the emails. Let's see. I have a couple on Twitter, and we're done. And I want to talk some sports. Got some more show here. So, uh... Okay, let's see here. This one is from Mark Davenport at uh, D Port Mark 23. Paul, uh, team lunch. I didn't finish my pasta. My boss takes a bite as I'm waiting for my to-go container. This pitch is unacceptable. (laughs) Yes, it is. Thank you for the unacceptable. Here's another one from Alex uh, Banez. Paul Verzi, look at this guy who thinks 10 items or less rule doesn't apply unacceptable yeah the guy's got two in his hand and definitely more than 10 in the bin uh thank you for the submission uh see here a couple more this one is from jeremy rivard at j-e-r-e underscore rivard capital r-i-v-a-r-d Paul, uh, whoever pitched this marketing campaign should be shot. This is supposed to be funny, dumb, unacceptable. And it looks like it's a folder or a piece of marketing that says, thanks, and then your phone, like your phone gave advice. Uh, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's a silly one. That's a bad, that is bad marketing. Thanks, your phone. Ha, <laughs> Um... Let's see what else we have here. I know there was a couple more. And uh, Okay, uh, Chris Frost, MM Frosty Boy. Paul, got to have you retweet that parking unacceptable from TVE252. Oh, or the guy made the other guy park. Yeah, he made him uh, fix his parking space. This one is from, oh, yeah, some people leaving carts in parking spaces. I'm going to stay away from the ones that we already talked about. Uh, Okay, this one is from 19, and it's at H R D. L-S underscore PRT hostess yeah you could sit at the bar bar is full unacceptable I hate that when they say you could sit at the bar and you look and it's a mess this one is from Timbo at Lord Timbo Paul this seems like a perfect place to put the menu to clear off the table hashtag unacceptable it's a menu on a little girl's head yeah it's like resting on her hair that is gross uh source from Josh Josh Wazoni, uh, W-A-Z-O-N-I-E, at Paul Verzi, my uh, uh, lazy pitbull is the exact opposite, get up, nah, let's sleep in, hashtag unacceptable, yeah, but at least you got a lazy dog, that just chills, sometimes I wish my dog was lazy, um, alright guys, that's it for the unacceptables, thank you so much, uh, we're still recording here, which is awesome, we were having a problem before, but now everything is good, uh, please send your submissions to unacceptables for tve at gmail.com. And uh, it's spelled out, F-O-R, not the number. But, um, yeah, so send your uh, submissions to that and also to Twitter. Keep them short. I do want to get to them, but I want the section to be a nice section of the show, but not all of it because we've got, got some stuff to talk about. A uh, couple more things. How about Bernie Sanders turning into the Beatles? This guy is, whether you like his politics or not, this guy, I got to tell you something, man, and I, and I mean this. And you guys know that I'm like, you know, I, I'm i an independent, but I'm not for like distributing wealth. I'm not. I'm for hard workers should get what they want and people who don't work as hard shouldn't. Uh, but you got to admit, this guy Bernie Sanders from like the 60s or whenever he got involved in politics, he's had the same exact story and has never changed once. You can't say that you know anybody else like that. You really can't. People have changed their positions. Everybody, you name somebody, and they've changed their positions. This guy is really like just really the same, and uh, it is commendable. You know, I'm not really, I don't really like his policy or whatever, but I, I, it's guy is definitely showing up to places and moving people. I mean, people are going nuts for this guy, and that's how you know it's fixed because Hillary's still winning by so much, and this guy is crushing it. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, he's a, fu- I mean, it would be funny to just have like an older Jewish dude with a Brooklyn accent as president. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, if you're making money, you're going to get, ha- you're going to get hammered. Uh, but let's get into sports right now. I've done enough political rants on this show that I don't have to get back into. Well, not really, cause it's not a political show at all, but you know what I mean? Kobe Bryant, let's talk sports. Kobe Bryant's last five minutes of that game. I got home. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I got home uh, around, you know, almost midnight, the West Coast. Both games are West Coast, and I'm like, do I watch, you know, the Warriors, 73 wins, greatest team ever. Do I watch Kobe? I was kind of going back and forth, but the Kobe game, the last six minutes were just, I mean, this guy's just pulling up threes, hitting them. He just, you see, he was in a zone, he was, and then they were losing by 10. Well, like half the fourth quarter, let's go. Like, oh, they're gonna lose, but he's gonna do well. And he just kept shooting, shooting, and he ended up winning the game for them. He ended up getting. I, I remember I looked just to see what his score, what the score was at the halftime. He had like thirty-five points. He ended up with sixty points as the greatest performance exit, exit performance ever of any sport ever. Sixty points in his final game at home. His whole family, friends, everybody there. It was absolutely insanity. It was insanity, and people hating on him. Yeah, well, it's selfish. Look, he's going to go out. Shaquille O'Neal was there, and he goes, dude, you better get 50 tonight. And Shaq had a a funny quote today. He goes, yeah, I challenged him to get 50. The motherfucker got 60. (laughs) It really was a special thing to see. And then he talked, and it stinks. He talks like A-Rod or like one of those guys. He's like, yeah, Mamba, out, he said when he was done. He's a cornball you know he's a great athlete he's unbelievable but he's a cornball like he's just there's no cool to him to his to his speaking he's just one of those you know whatever I, so that i didn't like as far as the performance it was really unbelievable um and the you know the 73 wins the fact that golden state had to beat san antonio twice once in san antonio where they were undefeated and um, i think memphis or whatever to to even beat the record and they did it you know the '96 Bulls team that went 72 and 10 was unbelievable. This team went 73 and nine. I mean, I know some of you people that don't like sports or like the NBA listening to this, but try to think about that for a second. There's 82 games in an NBA season. 82. Okay, to win 73 of them, it's it's more. It will. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: this will never be done again in my lifetime. We will never see a team win 74 games. I honestly don't think so. And if they do, it would be this team, this Warriors team. I am excited, though. 40 games, 40 nights. The, um, the uh, what's it called? You know, NBA playoffs starting, which is awesome. So that's awesome. The Yankees are, I'm going to go to some Yankee games. Sports is starting to come around now. They're starting to talk NFL teams getting better. You know, So it's getting, starting to get a little better. The sad thing going on in sports right now, though, everybody, is boxing. And here's how. My buddy Giannis Papas and his lovely girlfriend Brittany come to the house, hang out with my kids, eat, and the Pacquiao fight was on. And they were like, ah, we'll watch the Pacquiao fight, we'll order it, we'll eat, we'll drink. We ended up having such a good conversation that we didn't even order, like, a main event boxing match on pay-per-view. That's how much better UFC is, and that's how much boxing is just dead. And unless boxing really starts getting some other people in there and really starts to make the best fight the best and make, you know, big fights every, you know, month and just have it really be more exciting, do something to just make it better. Um, it's UFC has taken over, and uh, I'm a latecomer to UFC, but I'm definitely there now, so I was just thinking how sad that is, that like, I was like, yeah, you want to come up? we'll watch Pacquiao's last fight, we just like had a conversation, that was better, than watching, uh, you know, something like that, so, um, you know, it's sad, but uh, that's it for sports guys, uh, let's see, no movie, like I said, some TV stuff, I'm just, no, uh, people versus OJ, so I don't know what I'm watching, I'm not watching anything, I'm just watching sports, and I'm working, all right, let's get to the plugs, I don't want anything to happen to this episode, so let me get to the plugs here, Um, please get your tickets for Atlanta, April 28th, not this weekend, next week, I will be in ATL with Joe Bartnick, I will be headlining, uh, the punchline, which is a great club, the 28th, through May 1st, go online, get your tickets, I'll find out if there's any problems and I will post it where you could get tickets, but uh, tickets are being sold and uh, people are talking about the shows, it's going to be awesome, Uh, I could tell you I'm having more fun with this new material and this new hour that I'm working on than any other material that I've ever done, Um, so come out, it's going to be a great time, I can't wait to to see you guys there, Um, I'm thinking actually of flying some posters, so I think I'm going to have TVE posters, And my album with me, so please come out, uh, to the shows, uh, also, I will be, uh, in, uh, oh, in June, I mean, I know this is a long time out, but, uh, uh, for people in Canada that were asking about Ottawa, I'll be at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa, June 21st through the 28th, I believe, so, um, yeah, so definitely, Uh, check that out, also I have shows on the website that are being added, and I got a lot of stuff being added now, I'm added to festivals, and uh, doing some stuff, so go to paulverzi.com for everything, I'm going to actually update the site soon, because I have a photo shoot with uh, new headshots and all that stuff coming up, Uh, but still, it's still up and current, so go to paulverzi.com. follow me guys on Twitter, at paulberzi, that's V-I-R-Z-I, Um, and I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything else. I think that's that's it. Um, so what else do we have? Uh, My son is getting into something that looks like it's going to cause a huge mess pretty soon. So I don't know what is that in your hand, dude? No, are those rocks for the fish? Yeah, but he doesn't need. Okay, so why are you holding rocks for the fish and an air mattress? All right, guys, look. When your six-year-old little boy walks into the kitchen dragging an air mattress. and has a Ziploc bag filled with, like, fish tank gravel, and he's got that look in his eye like he's going to invent something, okay? Uh, I think it's time to wrap up. So uh, you guys are the best. Uh, thank you so much. Again, go to paulverzi.com. Follow me. Get to me on Facebook. Submit to unacceptablesfortve.com Thank you guys so much. Until episode 254, I am out of here. Take care.